Welcome to the Steroids Podcast with your host, Dan the Bodybuilder from Thailand. Steroids Podcast is brought to you by Ultimate Guide to Roids, 109-page ebook by Dan the Bodybuilder from Thailand. Now, for the first time in bodybuilding history, you have someone with no corporate interests and no obligation to please anyone, not walking on eggshells to not offend. Ultimate Guide to Roids gives you the information, the whole information, the whole truth, not a full truth and a half truth. Full truth. Ultimate Guide to Roids gives you the keys to the Lamborghini, gives you the information, and lets you decide what to do with it. It's a crime this information has been suppressed this long. Now let's get on with the podcast. Alright, welcome back to another episode of the Steroids Podcast. I'm post-workout right now. I really like full body workouts, guys, so... Just to give, tell you what I did today, what exercises I did, I did barbell bench press, then I went over and did squat, then I did bent over barbell row from the floor. Um, after that, I did a few sets of a, a hammer strength uh, chest press machine. Um, then I did uh, leg extensions for quads. I did behind the neck lat pull downs. And I did some bicep curls. That was my workout. And then I did cardio. I'm a big fan of uh, full body workouts. Love them. Uh, high frequency. And then, you know, not going to failure very often. So that you can recover and do high frequency. So the first thing I actually wanted to talk about was the fact that, you know, a lot of people think that the main indicator of if they had a good workout or not was how sore did I get and they uh they're thinking ah damn it I I didn't have a good workout because I didn't get sore enough or they might um you know how much pump did I get did I get a big pump and uh if I didn't get a big enough pump I didn't have a good workout they don't know what builds muscle they don't, they don't know. They, they think maybe getting a big pump or having a certain feeling when you're in the gym builds muscle. Or they think, you know, they have to wait until the next day in order to know whether they or not they had a good workout because they have to assess how sore they are. Okay. So there can be, those can be some things that can kind of help you get an idea whether or not you had a good workout because there are certain things that happen like increasing volume that you're not used to that creates soreness and increasing volume um, is a way of progressing overload progressive overload you can do that by increasing the volume with certain amounts of weights and so that's correlated with uh, soreness uh, another thing that can happen is if you're using uh, heavy weights that you're not used to or you're taking a lot of steroids um, you can get pumps that feel really extreme um, and so you can think oh 
well, you know, I, I increased my dose of steroids or, you know, I, I, uh, lifted weights, you know, that may have been heavier for me than, than normal. And then they notice, you know, I got a really great pump during that workout. And then they noticed they, they had some growth. Um, and so they're, they're, they're correlating the wrong thing with why they, they grew. They're, they're thinking that it was the pump when it was really the increased dose of steroids or handling weights that they're not used to. Or if they got really sore, you know, there, it was the increase in volume. It wasn't the fact that they're really sore. So it's very understandable why people could get um, confused by that and then take those indicators as meaning why, whether or not they grew muscle. Um, unfortunately, uh, that's not how muscle grows. <laughs> you see, it, it's correlated. And so it can be an indicator, but, but that's not causing muscle growth. Um, so the reason why you're taking steroids is because your body doesn't want you to grow muscle. You know, it wants to stop you from doing that. So you're taking steroids to try and blow past those limits. And it still doesn't want to grow a lot of muscle. That's why you, as you get bigger, you have to keep on taking more steroids. Uh, higher dosages in order to keep getting bigger and bigger. So you have to force your body to grow, okay? And the only indicator for that, you should be primarily focusing on qualitative numbers numbers that you that can be written down and it's objective data and that comes down to your workouts that comes down to your body weight okay is my body weight increasing is my workout performance increasing so whatever workouts you're doing now if that's not causing that and you want to make the best progress you need to change even if you really like enjoy and and doing the workouts that you do now and you think it's really fun and you like doing the style that you're doing well you know everybody on steroids plateaus it's just not it's not infinite gains and and you know even increasing the dosages you know that that can help you to some extent uh, to be able to blow past sticking points and be able to continue making gains. But it's the main way that you make gains is by improving your performance in the gym. Okay. And it's not to say, oh, if you're, you know, if a person lifts this much weight with correct form and control, then they're going to be this big and it's uh, just a flat. You know, everybody is going to be the same size if they achieve certain weight, um, certain weights lifted. That, that's not how it works either, okay? But for you, if you increase your gym performance, you will grow. If you increase the amount of weight that you lift, you will grow. If you increase the amount of reps that you can use for a certain weight, you will grow. If you increase the number of sets that you do with a certain weight, you will grow.
but it doesn't mean that everybody's going to be the same size who can bench press 500 pounds. There are different leverages. There are different genetic factors. But there's one damn thing for certain is that if you go from bench pressing 200 pounds to bench pressing 300 pounds, you will be bigger, okay? And if you then go from dead, from bench pressing 300 pounds to bench pressing 300 pounds for 10 reps, you will be bigger. And if you go from <laughs> bench pressing 300 pounds for 10 reps for one set to being able to bench press 300 pounds for 10 reps for 10 sets, for five sets, whatever, increasing it, you will grow, okay? So this is hard rules. These are hard rules and these are guaranteed training ways to make gains. So your workouts need to be prioritizing that above all else if you want to make gains. You know, if you want to be making the, be on the fast track, if you want to be on the fast track to your goals and your goals are, I want to get bigger, I want to have bigger muscles, well then you have to increase your gym performance, okay? And there are three, like I've mentioned right now, there are three main ways to do that. Increasing the amount of weight you can lift in a given exercise. Increasing the amount of reps that you can do with a certain weight on a given exercise. Increasing the amount of sets that you can do for a certain number of reps on a certain exercise, on a given exercise, okay? So we kind of went over that. An example would be getting stronger on your bench press. Another example would be being able to bench press 300 pounds for one rep and then moving up your strength so that or the amount of reps that you can do so that now you can bench press 300 pounds for eight reps. That is going to make you grow. You're guaranteed to grow from doing that. Another way, the third way, is if you can do 300 pounds bench press for two sets of 10 reps, if you increase that to five sets of 10 reps with 300 pounds, you will grow. Okay? So these are hard factors these are not subject, uh, subjective factors like, uh, oh, did I get sore enough? I don't know whether or not I had a good workout, um, but my feelings told me maybe I did. Or did I get a big pump? Did I have the right feeling during my workout? Shit like that, okay? Yeah, it's fun. It's fun to have a, a, the right pump uh, or whatever. Um, you're, you're not on the fast track to gains if, if you're, if you're uh, trying to uh, judge your workouts by your feelings. It has to be by objective data if you want to have the, you know, the fast track to gains. If you want to make your goals, you know, for, there's a lot of guys on steroids who aren't big. This is really common. And a lot of them, you know, they're really obsessed with this pump training and, and so one thing is that there's like pride in it or ego in it, you know, like I want to work out my way. Like I've noticed a lot of times when I work out with guys who are smaller than me, but on steroids, like, and I'm talking way smaller, you know, and then uh, they won't want to do the workout that I do, even though I'm like, yeah, work out with me, you know, and they'll want to go do their own thing because they think they know better for them. <laughs> <clears throat> and... So I know there's a pride or like ego thing there, but 
really, if they work out with me, the only thing that I'm going to be trying to help them do is to be able to increase their gym performance. So, you know, they're just shooting themselves in the foot if they want to go do something else, because it's usually, you know, stuff that is not increasing their gym performance. You know, they're going over to cables or something like that, because they like the feelings that the cables give them. (laughs) But it's pretty funny. It's pretty funny. It's amazing. It's amazing. You know, the gym is a zoo. The gym is a zoo and the personalities and everything and and the egos are so humongous. I mean, just look at the women at the gym. Talk about humongous egos, you know, but and men's egos are probably more less arrogant and more sensitive um, in the gym and uh, can be met with more aggression or men's egos will be um, more like, um, uh, tough, tough guy. And, um, yeah, I mean, you you know, it's kind of like a gorilla suit, you know, taking steroids and getting big you're, you're building this armor around you. And there is a tendency to kind of demand respect because of that armor and, and what it projects, the physical power that you possess and can, uh, unleash, um, and people better not cross you. <laughs> bodybuilder psychology, bodybuilder psychology. It's funny. You know, there's so much uh, funny psychology associated with bodybuilding. But uh, I'm inside your guys' heads. I know a bunch of you can relate to that. I've been there. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, so... I just want to encourage you guys that, you know, you don't have to do full body workout. You don't have to do a bro split. You don't have to do push pull legs. You don't have to do upper lower. What you got to do is you got to do whatever you need to do in order to make your gym performance go up. Okay. So if what you're doing now isn't making your gym performance go up regularly, and that's not your top priority in your workouts, then if you want to make the gains that you're looking for, if you're going to the gym to build muscle, you need to change uh, if you want to be on the fast track to gains, okay? And if you want to say, like, you know, are my steroid cycles working? Well, are they helping you increase your gym performance? That, you know, that this is how it goes. So there's a lot of these, I want to say this one more time, there's a lot of these smaller guys that are on steroids and they can't get big, you know, they're, they don't understand why can't I get big? Why am I not? becoming massive and you ask them well how much weight can you use for your squat to parallel or below and be fucking honest with me you know whether or not you're going to parallel or below or else you know it's bullshit and the same thing you know with the bench press you know how much weight are you using for bench press and you know obviously that can't be bouncing it off your chest you know it has to be a slow controlled eccentric movement and then touching the chest pausing there for a half second or one second and then pushing it up, you know, and how much weight can you use for deadlift or bent over barbell row, etc. And I'm not, you know, it doesn't have to be one rep max, actually. Usually a, a really accurate reading is, is to say, you know, how much weight do you use for a 10 rep set of squats? How much, how much weight could you, could you do for 10 reps? How much weight uh, could you do for 10 reps on bench press? And that's a, a better uh, way to get a good indicator. And if this person says, you know, well, 
you know, all, all I can do is five or six reps with 225 with two plates on each side for bench press. Um, and you know, they, you know why they're not bigger. Okay. So I'm not saying you have to be a power lifter. Again, I'm not saying you have to be a power lifter, but you do have to possess strength for you. You, and, and there are some objective numbers in that people that are only pressing two plates on each side. So, you know, a hundred kilograms or 225 pounds, um, for five reps, six reps, maybe even eight reps, you know, like you're just not going to be that big. You don't have enough resistance. You have to increase your strength. If you want to be big, you, you have to be able to lift more. Okay. And so I'm going to throw out some numbers now. I'm going to throw out some numbers that are general numbers. These are not hard rules, but these are good goals for you to achieve in order to say, well, you know, I have, I possess enough strength and, and let me get to that level and then let me see what, you know, what I look like in comparison to before. Okay. And so it's, it's like this, it's, it's three, four, five. Okay. For a five rep set of bench press, can you do three plates on each side for a five rep set of squats? Can you do four plates on each side? For a five rep set of deadlifts, can you do five plates on each side? So if you can't do that now, but you want to be big, you want to be a big guy, you want to look like a bodybuilder, you want to be thick, you want to be 3D, etc. The best thing that you can do right now in order to make that happen is make that three, four, five goal happen. Make that be the focus of you going to the gym and, and then reevaluate, you know, what's going on once you get there. Um, cause, um, if you can do those lifts, you're going to be big. You're going to be big. You're going to be big. If you can do all, all three of those lifts, you're going to be big. Um, their performance is directly correlated with size. And, you know, I, I know this is a hard one, but, but, you know, um, I know that it's hard for egos and stuff, but this is very important and I want to help you. I want you to be big. That's why I tell you, you know, all the correct information, you know, everything that's in the podcast. It's like, oh, if I follow it, I get bigger. <laughs> if I follow it, I meet my goals. And, uh, you know how it is listening to the podcast and then doing, doing, you know, what it says to do. It's there's no smoke and mirrors. It's, I just am saying this stuff to help you because of experience and being around pro bodybuilders and seeing how things go. Okay. So I'm trying to help you. Um, I want you to do good. I'm not going to be mad if you're bigger than me. I'm not trying to make you not get bigger than me. I'm confident with the knowledge that I have. So I don't feel like if you're bigger than me, then my my shit that comes out of my mouth isn't relevant anymore stuff if you're bigger than me i i can still help you a lot okay <laughs> it really it really doesn't matter and i'm confident about that okay so th this is why i'm just telling you this stuff um for your own benefit and i'm not i'm not trying to pull any kind of shit on you um anyways 
the next thing that I, I wanted to talk about was EC stack because I realized that um, there has not been enough talk about EC stack uh, taking ephedrine and caffeine together um, on the podcast. Uh, so this is a very good fat burner um, and appetite suppressant. Um, taking EC stack doesn't make you feel like shit. It makes you feel it's a nice feeling. But taking um, clenbuterol for fat burning does make you feel like shit and makes you angry. Um, so there's a big difference there. Also, clenbuterol is very long acting. One tablet is going to last in your system for 48, 72 hours. On the other hand, uh, EC stack only lasts in your system for about four hours. Um, and then it's in and out. So it can be used in a much more targeted manner. And I wanted to say with fat burners, with um, clenbuterol, with EC stack, um, you know, cardio is to clenbuterol as steroids are to weightlifting, or weightlifting is to steroids, okay? So if you want to have the best results from using your fat burners, you need to do a lot of cardio. That's really going to benefit you. And uh, it's the same thing with your steroids. You know, if you want your steroids to work really well and have a lot of good results, uh, you need to lift weights a lot. Um, so, anyways, you know, not everybody likes to use... I, don't, I hate using clenbuterol. And the bottom line is that you're not going to burn a lot of fat either way using as many fat burners as you want in the world although people will lie to you and make it seem like, oh, you can just bypass everything with, with uh, medication, and then, um, y- you know, you, you can just eat like a pig or something like that uh, and eat fast food and, and break all the rules. Yeah, right. Is that what you see the pros doing? No. Get real. These people are lying to you. They're just trying to make you... They're t- telling you what you want to hear. They're telling you what you want to hear. They're making... They're, they're appealing to your ego. Okay, don't listen to that bullshit. All right, so if if you um when when you take like a EC stack or you take clenbuterol, um you should do cardio. Okay, um so with EC stack since it's uh short acting, um you know it's less invasive to your life. Uh, normal dosage would be two hundred milligrams caffeine, twenty five milligrams ephedrine. That is a uh, normal dosage for EC stack. So it's good stuff. It's a good fat burner if you use it and then go do cardio. It also works as an appetite suppressant. If you don't do cardio and you also eat junk food, etc., and uh, you know you're not in a calorie deficit at all, is EC stack going to help you lose weight? Uh, no. Is it going to help you lose a lot of fat? No. So you've got to be doing the fundamentals, okay? You've got to be on a weight loss diet. And, you know, you got to do the cardio. And when then you add the, the meds in, then the magic happens, okay? All right. I think that's pretty clear. Um, so the, I'm going to move on to some questions here. But I, I wanted to first uh, apologize if I've missed anyone's emails. Uh, also, people messaging me about uh like uh you know phone call consultations or doing the uh text message uh training with me on whatsapp you know where we do the 
daily texting where you can text me as many times as you want to each day. Um, whatever questions you have, um, bodybuilding related, I'm there for you, you know, training, diet, steroids, uh, side effects, troubleshooting, etc. You know, um, and I always get back to all your questions within uh, 24 hours or less. And you don't have to wait until I respond to send me more questions, okay? So that's, that's how the uh, personal training on WhatsApp with me goes. Um, that's what, that's what I spend a lot of my time doing guys that, that, and the, uh, the phone calls and, you know, I always want the podcasts to be, you know, my, my best content. So, you, you know, if I, if I'm talking to people on the phone all day and then, um, you know, I'm trying to record podcasts too, I don't ever want to release an episode where I'm like burned out, you know? So I'm sure you've noticed all the podcast episodes kick ass and that's because I won't record unless I feel good. And so actually on days that I record the podcast, I make sure that I don't do any phone calls with people. Um, because, because it, it, uh, you know, you know, talking it, and, and listening really hard and, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's, uh, taxing it's. And so for me to produce uh, a really good episode for you guys, I need to be fresh. So anyways, I wanted to apologize if I've missed anyone's emails. Uh, if you're looking to get in contact with me, uh, steroidspodcast at gmail.com is the, the best way to get in contact with me. Um, yeah, let's move on to some questions. So the first question is from somebody, Anonymous, and he says, uh, you know, he's got a job where he travels, but, um, you know, he's, I'm not going to say what his job is. Uh, but he uses gear. He's a 38-year-old male, 185 pounds, 15% body fat, been running 250 testy for about a month, never have done anything else prior, doesn't intend to ever come off, but rather set this as a new baseline. Since he uh, is traveling, you know, he's got some questions. And uh, he says, in your book, Ultimate Guide to Roids, you talk about testosterone undecanoate being a good roughly month-long run for keeping test levels up without a lot of pinning. It's true, yeah. Testosterone undecanoate or undecanoate, whatever you want to call it, um, it lasts in your system for about 30 days after a shot. So normally for TRT, what they do is they give you a 4 milliliter, 1,000 milligram shot, and you go back once a month to get the, uh, another shot. It's, it's usually brand name Bayer Nibido is the uh, common testosterone undecanoate that they use for that, okay? And this guy says, uh, my plan is to do that for a day or two before I, I leave my home since I, I fly international sometimes. And he doesn't want to bring stuff with him. That That's smart. So, yeah, he's, he's thinking smart. Um... His plan was to run D-Ball, Superdrol, or Anadrol at low doses without test. Um, but he wants to know about the, the testosterone on decanoate. Um, you know, does, he says, does this sound reasonable to you? It, yeah. If you're going to go out and, and you want to you wanna go do something for a month, that's a great. And you're not going to have access to any gear. That's a great way to, to handle it. Take, take a bunch of testosterone on decanoate before you go. 
you know, if, if you want to be on 500 milligrams of testosterone a week for a month, and you're not going to be able to take any uh, roids for a month, well then shoot 2,000 milligrams of testosterone the day before you go. And that's going to be releasing into your system for the next month at roughly 500 milligrams. Um, if you look at a chart of how it, how testosterone and decanoate um, uh, reduces or metabolizes in the body, you know, it peaks 24 hours after a shot, just like testosterone and anthate. But testosterone and anthate levels off sharply at about day four, okay? And um, testosterone on decanoate does not. It actually stays pretty even for about 21 days and high, still high enough, moderately high enough for 30 days. So it's a great compound. It's a great compound. It's very useful. Would it be a compound that I'd use or someone would use just in their everyday life, probably not, unless, you know, they had some kind of thing where they really didn't like taking shots, but if that was their situation, they really didn't like taking shots, then yeah, that could be a way to, to deal with that. Okay. Um, all right, I'm looking at the next question here. Oh, okay, this guy has one more question, okay? What is the most gear you've pinned into one spot at one time? He says, I pinned one cc, which one cc and one milliliter, they're interchangeable terms, they mean the same thing, with a 20 gauge one inch needle into his thigh, and it felt like I had a rock in the center of my leg for a week and some change. Don't recommend thigh shots, okay? I've had a leg infection from it. I've seen many other leg infections from it. Um, there's a lot of potential for irritation, and you know, whether that's uh, validated by science or not, okay? We just know in bodybuilding from experience that doing quad injections is risky, okay? If you do them enough, usually you get a problem. Ever since my leg in infection, do you think I still shoot any shots into my quads? Hell no. I have never taken another shot into my quad <laughs> since the day that happened, okay? <laughs> so I don't recommend that. But you know, probably the best and my preferred um, intermuscular injection site would be the ventral glute, which is on the side of your body, your hip. So it's about, it's in the middle and it's about one inch below the hip bone. And, uh, that's your ventral glute. And, um, I've taken seven milliliters there several times, uh, in one shot. Um, just to let you know what I, what I put there, it was, five milliliters of primabolin and two milliliters of testosterone and anthate. So 500 milligrams of uh, primabolin, 500 milligrams of testosterone and anthate. Um, and, you know, I had no problems. Um, don't do that with gear that, that you don't know is, is you know, low post-injection pain, low inflammation, though. Because if you do, you know, you're setting yourself up for something really bad to happen. Okay? So you have to know... Your gear, you have to have used it in smaller quantities uh, first before doing stuff like that. But yeah, anyways, these these the, the three sites that I normally use would be hip flexor, ventral glute, and rear glute. And then, you know, you, you have two sides of your body, so that's six injection sites to be rotating through. Um, if somebody wants another one, 
uh, to use the, the shoulder would be good. Usually, you know, for those, for hip flexor, three milliliters, for ventral glute and regular glute, five milliliters up to that can be accepted fine. For the shoulder, one or two milliliters, okay? Those, those are all, I would say, uh, on average, the most uh, low complication um, intermuscular injection sites, okay? All right, uh, next question is from Jeffrey. Hey, Dan, love the show. The book Ultimate Guide to Roids is epic and should be on the charts of best book ever. Awesome. I'm getting ready to start my first ever cycle. I looked into testosterone replacement therapy and found a great outfit. And I found out that my test levels were so incredibly low. Everything else is in normal range. I'm starting at 200 milligrams per week of testosterone cypionate. This is what the doc recommended. On top of that, I'll be taking Winstraw also. I'm not sure the amount I should take, but I was thinking in the 40 to 50 milligram range. I'm six foot three and 194 pounds. I'm tall and skinny. I'm 39 and a combat vet, and I'm wanting to get bigger. Is this the right amount to, to take for this? Also, I'm taking anastrozole, anti-estrogen, half milligram. Also, big question is what is the difference in intramuscular and non-intramuscular when taking a shot? I was told that under the fat layer lasts longer in your system. Thanks. Great questions. All right, so, you know, you said you're starting out at 200 milligrams per week of testosterone cypionate. So that's a good dosage for you to get your feet wet. And that's great that you got it from your doctor, okay? So this isn't going to blow you up. It's not going to make you a bodybuilder. Um, you know, but it's, it's going it's gonna, to it's gonna help you, okay? You can think of this as a supplement that works, so when you think of protein powder, creatine, and all the disappointments with that when you were natural, okay? And you were like, what the fuck is this? Um, that's not going to be what this is like, okay? This is going to work, okay? So, so it's, it's not going to blow your mind. It's not going to make you a freak. It's not going to make you look like a bodybuilder. But it's going to work. It's going to do something, and you're going to be able to notice there was a change, so that's what 200 milligrams of testosterone per week does, okay? I know there's a lot of guys on the internet, all these YouTube scammers mostly, um, you know, that they put up whatever the latest product they're shilling, Turkestosterone, SARMs, whatever the hell they're saying. It's all bullshit. SARMs are better than nothing. If you have nothing, you could take SARMs, and, and that, that's definitely better than nothing, okay? But you're not going to look, you know, if, if they're saying, you know, I took SARMs and then they look like a full on bodybuilder uh, and, and they're saying this is why I look like this, then they're they're lying big time. OK, so so it definitely SARMs definitely is not natural and it definitely has the ability to, you know, change change things. You know, if I was natural and the only thing I had access to was SARMs. Um, or nothing, I would do the SARMs, okay? But guys that are bodybuilders that are telling you that they look the way they do because they took SARMs are lying through their teeth, okay? They're taking advantage of you. They're taking you for the shit. All right, so 
200 milligrams testosterone, it's a supplement that works. Think of it like that. You're thinking of taking Winstrol, 50 milligrams is a good dose, okay? That, that's, a, that's the standard dosage for Winstrol. And Winstrol is going to be good, okay? That's going to be the one that changes your muscle shape. It's going to be the one that makes you start gaining strength in the gym in a week, like pressing strength, upper body strength, where you're like, oh, it's like magic, you know, where did this come from? And you're thinking like, oh, I must be on steroids. <laughs> that's, that's, you know, it's going to do that for you, okay? Um, if you wanted more explosive gains that were, uh, you know, the Winstrol is going to be good, trust me. Uh, but if you wanted more explosive side gains that were like, you know, what the fuck, I'm on steroids now, you know. 100 milligrams of anadrol per day would be more effective than the Winstrol with that, okay? But anyways, the Winstrol is going to work. I think it's a good first cycle that you're doing. 200 milligrams a day of testcipionate, 50 milligrams per day of Winstrol, okay? You'll be able to do this, and you'll be able to see what steroids are all about, and you're going to, you know, you're going to have a good time, all right? Um, you said you're six foot three, 194 pounds yeah, so for six foot three, that's pretty, you know, that's definitely on the skinny side. Uh, so uh, steroids do help you gain weight, but because they reduce your thyroid hormone level a little bit, and so your metabolism, it, it's, it's, it's an interesting thing, okay? I just want to say it's easier to understand if I just say steroids help you gain weight. Okay, um, so... You have, to, you have to eat more food, though, okay? I'm going to give you a recipe for a protein shake that you can make, uh, or a weight gainer shake at home that can help you with this, all right? Um, and you would need to eat this in addition to what you're already eating, not um, replacing meals with it, okay? So um, two cups of whole milk, um, one banana, uh, one cup of oats, um, Two, two scoops of protein powder um, and two tablespoons of peanut butter, okay? That, that's going to be about 1,200, 1,400 calories right there, okay? So that's going to help you a lot. And also for tall guys, you really need to nail your pre- and post-workout nutrition. You, um, you burn through calories really fast, okay? Tall guys do that more than guys who are not tall. Um, and so the, the, the timing when you're, when you're natural, it doesn't really matter, you know, like when you eat or whatever, but when you're on steroids, it does. So getting your pre and post workout nutrition, you know, eating a large amount of carbs immediately pre-workout. Um, first thing you do when you finish your workout, getting your, egg whites or whey protein or yogurt protein in and then within an hour eating your uh, bro food meal which would be something like ground beef vegetable potato or chicken vegetable rice something like that you really need to focus on that okay and and no exceptions on that if you want good gains <laughs> All right, and then the last question you had was, what's the difference in intramuscular and, and subcutaneous? Because you heard that in the fat lasts longer in your system. So if you take like a milliliter of gear into your fat, it will sit there for a long time. 
And that's why it lasts longer in your system because you store it in that fat. So I've done it and, and some other guys have done it too. And it lasts there for about three, four weeks. There's this lump sitting in your fat and it's a bit disturbing. You know, I, I don't want to have a lump of steroid oil um, in my stomach fat sitting there toting it around with me all the time. Um, so that, that's how that goes. And yeah, since it's sitting there not getting absorbed, it, it definitely does, uh, stay longer in your system. But, uh, I don't want that. That's not the way it is when you take a intermuscular shot, you know? So it's kind of a fad taking like a, you know, cause there's, there's always these guys trying to do their new thing with, uh, gear and bodybuilding, uh, to, to make you be like, oh, that's how you do it. And it's just a bunch of smoke and mirrors, man. It, there's the tried and true method. You don't need all these peptides. You don't need all these tricks. Okay. That's not what your heroes did. That's not what the guys that you saw and, you know, were doing bodybuilding. You said, I want to be a bodybuilder. That's not what they did to get there. Okay. They did the tried and true methods. You don't need to be a pioneer here. Okay. You're not trying to be Mr. Olympia. And so you don't need to reinvent the wheel. Just do it in the normal way. All right. Gustavo asks, Hey, Dan, the man, question for the legendary podcast. I've transitioned into a lot of Brazilian jiu-jitsu, but still am lifting bodybuilding workouts five days a week. I'm currently on 200 milligrams testy a week, uh, every three days with half a tab of ADEX on injection days. So he's on about 500 milligrams test a week. Notice my recovery is shit lately. So I'm pretty excited to start my blast. Typically, I would be blasting with 400 milligrams Test E and 100 milligrams Trenbolone Enanthe every three days with 40 milligrams of Anivar and 25 milligrams of Winstrol a day. Due to the BJJ, I'm thinking this cycle won't work for me since it'll kill my cardio and give me way too intense pumps and cramps when I'm rolling. Any suggestions on what kind of cycle I can do as an alternative? Uh, yeah, so you notice that, that for sports, using uh, moderate, you know, high or moderate dosages really fucks your performance up. Um, you have to use low, like when you're in season, you have to use low dosages. Some athletes use moderate or higher dosages when they're off season, but when they're in season, when they're competing, when they're doing their sport, um, that won't work because of the reasons that you mentioned with intense pumps, cramps, killing your cardio, okay? So you have to, when you're, when you're in season for your sport or your athletic uh, endeavor, uh, the dosages have to be super low. So 400 testosterone could work um, per week. Uh, you know, you said 400 every three days, so 400 per week could work. And you also said Trimble and Enanthate, 100 milligrams every three days. 100 milligrams per week of Trimble and Enanthate could work. So um, if you just halved your dosages, that could work. Um, you know, using something like Anivar, you said 40 milligrams a day. That, that's way too much for Anivar with sports because Anivar really makes you kind of like lock up and your muscles kind of feel like stone when you're training and it also makes really painful pumps that will kill your endurance. So 
you're looking at more like 10 to 20 milligrams, 20 max of Anavar a day. And, uh, you know, as far as the Winstrol, you're looking like somewhere between 5 to 15 milligrams a day. You know, with, with sports, you guys, it is very small dosages. You're not um, becoming a winning athlete or a champion athlete by taking steroids at all. You are taking your natural gifts and abilities with that sport and you're getting good at it. You're building the skill and uh, doing everything you can without the uh, PEDs. And you use the PEDs as this little thing to get you over the top. That's the way that, you know, champion athletes are doing it, okay? They're not, don't think that the way that you can like take steroids and become a bodybuilder if you do it right or you do it enough don't think that that's going to make you a professional athlete or a champion athlete because it's not um it only in in athletics it only provides the finishing touches okay uh the thing that boosts the person over the top um so you know when bodybuilders used to say that you know like oh it's just the finishing touches for the competition that's bullshit, okay? In bodybuilding, it's not. That's not the case in bodybuilding. But if you applied that same statement to sports and athletics, then it's true, all right? Um, you know, and also, I wouldn't use uh, Test, Trend, Anavar, and Winstrol, okay? You know, I would either use Test, Anavar, Winstrol, or, or even just one of the orals, or, or just Test, Trend, uh, but not again, you don't need a lot of stuff and you don't need a lot of milligrams. All right. Next question from Johansson. Dan, I have a question. Feel free to use it in the podcast. Will do. It's been a year since taking anything and doing my PCT of HCG and Nolvidex. Recently, I've had some issues in my left nipple, aching, etc. Noticing a small gyno developing. Had some extra Nolvidex on hand that I started taking at 20 milligrams morning and 20 milligrams at night for a total of 40 milligrams every day. It's been slowly getting smaller and better since I began doing it, but is it normal to have issues so late after end of cycle? Also, should I take anything other than Nolvidex or just continue until it goes away? Um, yeah, so it can happen. Um, you know, if you have low testosterone, for one thing, from being, you know, using steroids, um, you will likely be producing more estrogen, okay? They're counterbalancing hormones um, in a natural. Um, if testosterone is low, um, then, there's, then the person usually becomes, like, more estrogen dominant. This is for naturals. Um, so... And also estrogen, it's kind of like, it gets into kind of a loop. So once estrogen is high, estrogen itself uh, suppresses testosterone release because there's a signal in your brain that, or a sensor in your brain that senses, you know, are estrogen levels high or are they low via aromatization? And that's how it tells how much testosterone you're producing because your body has a certain level of aromatization, transforming testosterone into estrogen that it does. And so your body, you don't actually have a sensor that says how high and low is my testosterone. It's how high and low is my estrogen. 
And if your estrogen is, is getting on the higher side, then your body stops producing testosterone uh, because it knows from the amount of estrogen that has uh, been created from testosterone, oh, I've got enough testosterone, I don't need to make any more. Um, so if you've got high estrogen, then you're kind of like in a vicious loop where your testosterone levels like can't recover um, and they're going to be low because your your body is sensing, I have estrogen, I don't need to produce testosterone. That's That's how it knows, okay? So if you PCT etc and you know it wasn't totally successful then yeah that can definitely be something that happens um you know having high estrogen levels for an extended period of time after using your your after going on a cycle um you know it depends on what you used too so i think that you know if, if i was you i would not just take nolvidex i would also take something like arimidex etc um but uh you know, it depends on what you used. If if you used Cabergol, or sorry, if <laughs> if you used Trendolone, or you used Nandrolone, Deca, okay, um, then you know it's necessary to use Cabergolin or Pramipexol in order to deal with the gyno from those. Okay, those the gyno that those cause isn't going to be affected by Nolvidex. So, um, you know, there's there's your conundrum <laughs> if you're only using Nolvidex. You know, there's a lot, there's a lot that goes into this. Um, there's a lot that, a lot of this ridiculous medication information. I've been studying this stuff for 15 years now, in addition to using it for a long time. And, uh, yeah, it doesn't come overnight, so it's, uh, not too big of a deal, you know, if, if you don't know how to do it. That, that's why a lot of people have people that help take care of them. <laughs> uh, totally normal, man. Not everybody wants to learn all this stuff. Okay, Jan asks, hey, question for the podcast. Seems like impossible to get real pharma HGH. is definitely not. Um, is it true that 99% of pharma HGH you find on the black market is fake? Um, you know... This will be your normal results with generic growth hormones. So, you know, oh, he says pharma HGH. Okay, okay. So just let me say what your normal result, results on generic growth hormone will be real quick, and it, it'll help you get bigger. Okay, but it's gonna put a lot of water on your body, and uh, make you look really puffy, and it's not gonna have the fat burning effect that the pharma grade stuff has, and it also can have side effects like giving you gyno or giving you like long-term sexual dysfunction and you don't know what's in there so a lot of times there may be some some growth hormone in in the in the uh, generic growth hormone or it may not be the the human uh, growth hormone which is the 191 amino acid sequence it might be the 192 amino acid sequence uh, which is not good to take. It makes your body produce antibodies to attack growth hormone and kind of trains you to do that, etc. You, you know, so I, I that's why I say don't take generic growth hormone, but I also want to let you know that I've taken more than a thousand IUs of generic growth hormone in my life, okay? So I've definitely been there, done that, and I'm not like 
going to say like, oh, you took generic growth hormone, you idiot. That, that's not how it is, okay? I've done it too. Um, so if you want to experiment with it, uh, no one's judging you. Um, but, uh, you know, do I still ever use generic growth hormone? Would I ever put that in my body again? No, I wouldn't. Uh, because from experience, I know I don't want to do that. Um, so he says, is it true that 99% of pharma HGH you find on the black market is fake? The answer is no. I don't know where, I don't know where you're getting that from. Um, you have to know the right brands. So you can't buy anything, you know, just cause it says a lot of people think, oh, it says somatropin and it says pharma grade on the box. Okay, well, somatropin is just the chemical name for growth hormone. It's it's the generic name for it, okay? So, like, you know, for example, Tylenol is a brand name for acetaminophen. Somatropin is as to acetaminophen as nortitropin is to Tylenol, okay? So, nortitropin is a brand name for somatropin. So, all growth hormone is somatropin. Okay, and then there's brand names. And when you want pharmaceutical grade growth hormone, there's certain brand names that, you know, there's not that many. So <laughs> the real stuff is certain brand names. And I'll just go through a couple here that, uh, that, that are legit. Okay, so there's Ansimone, which is um, the Chinese growth hormone that's produced for domestic use only in China, used in Chinese hospitals. Okay. So Ansimone growth hormone is real. Then there's Gintropin, and it's only in a Russian box. There can be no English writing on it. There can be no Chinese writing on it, okay? So Gintropin is a pharmaceutical-grade Chinese export growth hormone for use in Russia only, okay? Um, so this is also real. Um, then you have... Um, Western growth hormones that are more common, like nortitropin pens, or you have uh, genotropin pens. Um, another common one would be omnitrope cartridges. Okay, so th these are common pharmaceutical grade, 100% real growth hormones that you see around. All right, next question. Matt asks, I got insanely good results from my second cycle. However, I was still overweight, so I couldn't really see all the results. I looked more muscular and lean, but my body type still looked like it was possible to achieve naturally. And this is only my second full cycle. Yeah, when, when you're lean, it definitely creates an illusion, especially in pictures, man. Uh, when you're lean and you're on steroids and like you're taking pictures, you can look so much bigger and more freaky than you are in real life. Okay. Um, and, and then the opposite is also true. You know, if you're not lean, uh, you will look much smaller in pictures and less freaky in pictures than you do in real life. Okay. Um, so he says, uh, this is only my second cycle, so I'd imagine I need to put in a ton more work before starting to see the results. Yeah, it's, that's definitely true. Before you start uh, taking gear, uh, you know, it's natural to believe, oh, if you take gear, you you look like that freak, um, you know, so <laughs> or like you're going to look like a pro bodybuilder or, you know, taking gear turns you into Ronnie Coleman or Jay Cutler. So it definitely doesn't do that. Um, 
you know um that's not what's going to happen when you do your first cycle it's not what's going to happen when you do your second cycle you know maybe after you've been blasting and cruising for a few years you know you'll see some you know major freaking results you know or maybe one year you know yeah i mean usually you can see some major freaking results blasting and cruising for one year i i mean even even six months okay or or five months it it, it also depends on what you take and like you said, your starting point. So he says, all that being said, wanted to provide accurate background info. He wanted to lose weight before ha hopping on his next cycle. It's been now been just over six months since that cycle and hasn't gotten to his goal weight. So I'm going to say right here that, you know, taking more gear is going to make you more hungry. And also doing a lot of weightlifting um, and, you know, hard, hard weightlifting is also going to make you a lot more hungry because of the effect that it has on muscle cell insulin sensitivity and this kind of goes with taking gear too is they both increase muscle cell insulin sensitivity so what happens is your muscles start stealing your blood sugar um, which makes you feel desperate or frantic for sugars and food and makes it feel like you can't control your appetite so if you're doing a lot of weightlifting, you're doing a lot of gear you're going to have a very much harder time losing weight um, and controlling your food intake and appetite than you would if, uh, you know, you weren't doing those things. So, you know, the easiest way to cut actually is, is, uh, you, you will lose some muscle doing this. You, you definitely will, but, uh, you will find it way easier to lose weight, uh, just taking gear and like not training and diet, but then dieting and doing cardio and losing weight you know, maybe you do a, a like a set of pull-ups and a set of like push-ups per day and some uh, air squats or something like that. This can actually be pretty damn effective. Okay, you will lose muscle doing that because it's not enough stimulation, but it will also be pretty damn effective. Like you won't lose that much muscle. You'll you'll lose some, but you won't uh, like eat all your muscle or something. Like the the hormones are much better at um forcing the body to protect from losing muscle than they are forcing the body to build muscle so i'm just saying i'm not saying you know stop going to the gym in order to lose weight or something like that but i'm just saying really focus on the cardio and you don't need to focus so much on weightlifting you know if losing weight is your first your first goal and you're like fat right now but I would say, you know, to, to use a bit of gear, you know, use like 500 milligrams of testosterone or something while you do that. And, you know, if you really wanted to, you could use, you know, like 25 milligrams of Winstrol or something like that. And that would help, too. Um, he said, uh, I'm just going to go on a little bit with the rest of his comment. He said he started feeling really out of it during his last cycle, uh, losing his sex drive and aggression. So I decided to start cruising at 300 milligrams testy per week. Um, have it in his head that he should cruise until January and keep dieting, cutting before. Yeah, yeah. So that's a good idea what you said. Um, so you're on the right track, man. Um, and then he says he wants to do another cycle after that. I definitely support what you're doing. Um, I think you're on the right track and just continue what you're doing and um, focus on uh, making the number on the scale go down. Okay. Cam asks, hey Dan, love the podcast. I know you've talked about D-ball only cycles a bit in the past, but I wanted to hear your thoughts on an idea I had. 
I know some people take SARMs with Clomid over the course of the whole cycle, but what if someone ran a combination of D-Ball, 15 to 20 milligrams a day, and Clomid or, yeah, Clomid over the course of 12 weeks to avoid suppression, or would this not work because of D-Ball's conversion to estrogen? Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm fine with D-Ball only cycles. So D-Ball is so powerful, and, you know, if a person had the choice, like people say, oh, it's, uh, it's, uh, not uh smart to take a d-ball only cycle right it, it's smarter to, to use testosterone with it or to use deco with it you know with the with the d-ball uh, and take an injectable with it and you're going to have a lot better results doing that but are you going to have results taking a d-ball only cycle yes you're going to freaking have results okay and um you know in comparison to what you were natural it is night and day being on D-ball only, okay? So, you know, there there's a lot a lot of people who for some reason, whatever reason, don't want you to do that. And so they they just will not shut their box on the internet or whatever, you know. But it works. <laughs> so you can just ignore them if that's what you want to do and you know experiment with that. You know, uh, yes, would I recommend taking clomid? No, I would recommend never taking clomid. Clomid is disgusting. Um, that stuff makes you feel like shit, okay? That stuff makes you, you feel and act like a woman on her period. Um, it, your brain sees it as estrogen, okay? So you will just be, you know, it's like a, acting like a bitch on that stuff. Um, you know, Novadex is way better. And if, you know, you're really afraid of pinning or something, you know, if, if that's what you wanted to do, Novadex, and, and you felt like you needed... You're going to have some suppression if you take Clomid, you know, if you take D-Ball, whether you take Clomid or Novadex or not. Uh, Novadex is a lot more well tolerated and doesn't make you feel like shit. Um, but on the other hand, HCG is so much better than either of those other options because HCG actually communicates directly with your testicles, whereas Clomid and Novadex are communicating with your brain and then you're getting a downstream signaling thing to your testicles. So the HCG actually will make you avoid any suppression, any shrinkage, any shutdown, any change to your sperm production while you use steroids, okay? Um, so, like, that's definitely the best option there. Um, if you're, like, trying to use steroids and avoid suppression, then using HCG simultaneously. All right. And uh, last question for today. Vic asks, Hello, Dan. I enjoy using four cc's of sustenon per week, divided into two two cc injections as my main cycle for strength and size. So he likes 1,000 milligrams a test a week. I don't use any AI with it, and I feel good, but I retain some water. What if I slapped six cc's, or 600 milligrams, premobile in per week? Uh, this dosage he'll be able to afford comfortably. Two injections per week of two milliliters sustenon, Three milliliters uh, primobolin. Uh, is that good? Would the injection hurt a lot? I see you guys recommending one to one test to primo ratio, but I like one gram test and one gram primo is too much for me. Thank you for everything with the podcast. It's a good cycle. Uh, 600 milligrams per week, I'd say that's the minimum effective dosage of primobolin, where you can take it and be like, oh yeah, I noticed something's there. Um, you know, I it's not just that I know I took this stuff and so I. You know, I'm kind of like trusting that it's helping give me gains, but no, I can actually see the effects 
and uh, you, you know, I I know that I'm using Primobolin. So, yeah, I think that 600 milligrams per week is the minimum for doing that. And I I think that you know, although my favorite cycle, yes, is using you know a thousand milligrams of testosterone with a thousand milligrams of Primobolin, and you know probably 2,000 milligrams of metformin for I use a growth hormone. And, you know, probably 100 milligrams trenbolone acetate twice a week, you know, if I wanted to make it, you know, the best results, you know, under the, underneath there, adding the trenbolone acetate in there. Um, you, you know, so I like to use more Primobolin, but, you, you know, I, you know, that's going to be way better. You know, 1,000 milligrams testosterone with 600 milligrams Primobolin, it's going to be way better than uh, testosterone alone. Um, so, you know, Primobolin kicks in and, like, seven to 14 days for an enanthate it kicks in way faster than other enanthates and it makes your muscles rounder makes you a bit stronger um better nutrient partitioning just gives you a good look gives you a better gear look um you know it, it it's a really amazing roid is it a great bang for the buck no you know if you're talking you know Trenbolone versus Primobolin milligram per milligram, which one's going to do more to your body? You know which one's going to do more to your body. Uh, not the Primobolin, um, but Primobolin doesn't have any side effects. And also, you don't have to add any other meds with it in order to, like, uh, battle the prolactin or battle the estrogen or, or you, know, you know, have something weird going on with your dick, you, you know? <laughs> You know, none of that stuff happens with Primobolin, you know, so you're paying a premium for not having health side effects and for not having annoying side effects or embarrassing side effects, okay? <laughs> it's it's a great thing. Primobolin's a great thing. And, and you know, so for someone to, like me, you know, that that's my favorite. That's my favorite steroid by far. Um, so, yeah, yeah, that's the, that, that was the last question for the podcast today, guys. Hope you enjoyed it a lot. Enjoyed talking with you guys today. And uh, make sure to pick up Ultimate Guide to Roids, 109 page ebook by Dan the Bodybuilder from Thailand. Um, it's, you know, on, on my website, bodybuilderinthailand.com. Uh, you know, it's, it's right there, the first article. Or, you know, you can also see it on steroidspodcast.com. Um, if you go to any one of the podcast episodes, usually there's a link at the bottom of the page to where, you know, you can pick up the 109-page ebook UG2R, Ultimate Guide to Roids, uh, which is a great book, you know. It, it, there's something about reading, you guys. There's something about reading that is more effective than listening or watching TV. And Ultimate Guide to Roids is definitely, like, my best work ever. So, like, in comparison to any of the YouTube videos I've made or comparison to even the podcast, if you love the podcast, you know, the book is definitely my best work. So if you like my work and you want to, you know, see my best content I've ever produced, it, it's that, you know, by quite a large margin. So, yeah, there's that there. And then, uh, yeah, there... There was one other thing that I was I was I was thinking about doing, but um, you know I'll talk to you guys about that next time. Okay, all right. Take care. If you would like your questions to be answered on the Steroids Podcast, go to steroidspodcast.com and leave a comment with your questions, or email, or 
private message steroidspodcast at gmail.com or steroidspodcast on Instagram. Until next time.